like that. Hello, one and all. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And boys and girls, I am in a much better mood than I was this time last week. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But before we get into what we want to talk about today... Let's make sure to go over some housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow Logan Blyman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, you're listening to it right now, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Twitter, you can find me at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram, you can find me at Blackman Logan, with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, just search Logan Blackman Show. They should pop up. And of course, again, you're listening to this right now. So if you aren't already, make sure you are subscribed and or following to the Apple Podcast and or Spotify accounts and leave a rating on the five stars on both and leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do on both. But like, if you're listening to the show right now and you're not subscribed, why, why are you even doing this? I wish I had like the, you remember those old like YouTube videos? I guess it's not really old. It's been within like the past two years probably. Every single YouTube channel, every single YouTube video would start off, oh, I'm seeing this YouTube. I'm looking at the analytics on my YouTube channel. And it shows me that 75% of you aren't even subscribed that are watching all my videos, so make sure you are subscribed. You're listening to it already. Make sure you are subscribed. Just do it. Just do it. And today is a lot a lot better mood for me in regards to <laughs> what happened on the football field. And it was fixing to be a, a whole lot different mood by the time a halftime came around. If the game that I am talking about Ended at halftime today. Thank the Lord for two halves of football. If the game I'm talking about ended at halftime, I would have been a much, much different mood than what I am right now. And, of course, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills playing the ten- uh, Tennessee Titans, playing the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, two of the most informed quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Lamar and Josh already be the two front runners for MVP. Obviously, Jalen Hurts going to be mentioned up there. Patrick Mahomes is going to be mentioned up there as well. But you would say... With Lamar and how many touchdowns he scored up, before this game he had 12 total touchdowns, which was more than any other team in the NFL. It may be tied with the Lions. I don't remember. Like, Lamar has been back to his normal self. It's been extremely fun to see. Extremely fun to see. Pay the man, the Ravens. Ravens paid the man. <laughs> he deserve, He deserves to get paid. He's back playing like a unanimous MVP. But the only problem is he's got a dude opposite side of the field that's also playing like an MVP candidate. And it's so funny. Like, flat going back to 2018, going back to 2018, and listen to all the pre-draft analysis, all the post-draft analysis afterwards as well. Like, people talking about how the Ravens and Bills got two Project QBs, and the Jets and the Cardinals came away with winners of the draft because they got none other than Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. You can go and find clips on Colin Coward's channel, on YouTube, all over the place. You can search it on Twitter because it got brought up again last weekend. Both Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen aren't starting. Josh Rosen's not currently on a team. Sam Darnold was the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. But then they trade for Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft, and had an ankle, I believe it was an ankle injury, and he's been out for the season. But he wasn't going to start even if he was healthy anyways. And Lamar and Josh are just miles and miles and miles and miles above Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Like, it's not even a competition at this point. It's ridiculous. Lamar's won a unanimous MVP. Josh Allen has taken the Bills to great heights in the playoffs, not necessarily to the the Super Bowl. But every single year, Josh Allen has gotten better and better. And I think it's funny. I saw this on Twitter today. So for those of you who don't know, the Buffalo Bills just beat the Baltimore Ravens 23-20. Bills came back from a 17-point deficit to come back and win the game. Played really well in the second half. Played really well towards the end of the first half, but the the beginning of the game, it was going to be, I was like thinking of titles of the show, like death by a thousand drops. Like they... The Bills just dropped every single ball that was going towards him. Devin Singletary had a fumble. 
Jameson Crowder couldn't catch. Gabe Davis dropped a bunch of passes in this game. Like, it was just extremely frustrating to shooting themselves in the foot. Josh had multiple balls batted at the line of scrimmage, or at least tipped at the line of scrimmage. One of them ended up in an interception for the Ravens, which resulted in a very easy touchdown for J.K. Dobbins early in the game. Congrats on J.K. Dobbins. I think this was his first game back. At least his first touchdown. And he scored one a couple a, a drive later. So go up 14, uh, was it 14-3 or 14 nothing? I can't remember exactly, but it just wasn't going very well. But then the second half happens, and the Bills end up winning the game, and I'm seeing on Twitter that people are bitching about the referees in this game. And it's not the Buffalo Bills fans, it's the Ravens fans. Now, do I think the roughing the passer call on Josh Allen late in the game was roughing the passer call? I do not. I would not have called that if I was the um, but that's that's the issue with the rough in the passer call. There's been a lot of terrible and horrible rough in the passer calls throughout the history of when this rule has been changed, and that's a side effect of it. Josh sold it a little bit more than what he he sold it uh, a little bit more. He sold it really well. He sold it extremely well, and a result in the Bills getting a first down on that drive. But there were a few missed calls or non calls in the first half that went the Ravens' way that were just so blatantly obvious that I could see if this game ended differently, Bills fans complaining about the refs after this game. But when I went into the comment section on one post, I I don't remember what the exact tweet was. I remember what the comment was below the exact tweet. It said, Josh Allen's the NFL's star boy. Isn't that crazy how far we have come to this point (laughs) in our lives to where we were talking about Josh Allen's a bust before he even played. We had people like Bomani Jones who refused to leave their pre-draft analysis three years in to now where Josh Allen is the favorite to win the MVP. But Josh couldn't. Josh wasn't accurate when he came to the NFL. Josh was a bust before he even took a snap in the NFL. And now we got people in the comment section on Twitter. And I know Twitter's always the best place to get <laughs> 100% correct opinions on everything. But to call Josh Allen the NFL star boy, that just makes... Like, as a Bills fan, and you watch some of the other quarterbacks the Bills have had throughout their history of the 21st century since I've been alive, that feels good. That feels really, really good, not going to lie. Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, doesn't matter. The quarterback of the Bills is getting favorable calls. It's always one of those old sayings, like, the superstars get those calls. You see, like, Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers getting these calls. Josh Allen's now getting those calls. And that makes me feel really good. It makes me feel really good. Rightly or wrongly, I feel really good about that. When I was watching J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards, E.J. Manuel, uh, Thad Lewis, all these different quarterbacks try to go out there and play football for the Bills, granted they did not have any off to line, but neither does Josh Allen really. But Josh is so big and fast that he can shrug off defensive linemen. Like There were a few times in this game where it was like, there's two quarterbacks that can escape that and they're both playing in the game. Like Lamar Jackson had a play in the first half. I don't remember the exact time, but Von Miller got him down as a sack. Or at least that's what we thought. I like my dad and I would just start clapping. So it's like, oh, there's a sack. And then all of a sudden Lamar squirts out and completes a bomb down the sideline for a first down. Like the only two people in the entire NFL that can do those types of plays are the two people that played in that Bills Ravens game. And that's why last week we said, if you took Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen off of the Bills and Ravens, They are two totally different teams. You cannot say that about any other team in the NFL. I know there's great quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not saying they're better than the other quarterbacks that we're mentioning, but just how what they can do in regards to their athleticism is unlike any other quarterback in the entire NFL. 
That's what I was saying. Like, if he, if, if you take Lamar off the Ravens, you take Josh off the Bills, or they get hurt and you're forced to put their backups in, they're not the same team. They're not the same team without those two guys in there. Case Keenum is not making 90% of the plays, 99% of the plays Josh Allen is making in the Ravens game alone, let alone what he's done prior to this point. Case Keenum's not doing that. That's why I felt more comfortable with Trubisky as a backup, but even Trubisky's not doing that. Trubisky actually just got benched for Kenny Pickett, and I... I, ta- I talked about this the entire preseason. Why is there? Why are we still holding on to Trubisky? Like I like Mitch Trubisky a lot. He was Josh Allen's backup last year. Served Josh Allen well. I wanted him to get a chance as a starter, but after watching the preseason with Kenny Pickett, there was no reason Kenny Pickett should not been the starter week one. Let alone waiting till week three or four, whatever the hell this week is, and seeing Kenny Pickett come in at halftime. And now Kenny Pickett did not play his best game, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But Case Keenum's not doing anything Josh is doing. Nothing. He's not. He, he can't do anything Josh. It's not anything against Case Keenum. He's just, his potential is not getting that. He can't throw the ball like Josh. He can't run the ball like Josh. He can't stiff-arm defensive ends. He's not doing that. I'm not, it's not a diss on Case Keenum. It's just speaking facts. Like I like Tyler Huntley as well. Tyler Huntley can move like Lamar to a certain extent, but he's not making the same plays Lamar Jackson did. If Lamar Jackson's not hurt last year, the Ravens are making the playoffs. That's that's another fact. Like, without Lamar and without Josh, the Bills and Ravens are just too complete. The seasons are over. If those two get hurt, the seasons are over. And you saw that today. In the rain and everything. It was absolutely insane. Like, it was so frustrating in that first half. Insanely frustrating. Josh wasn't playing his best football. The receivers were dropping everything. Devin Singletary fumbled. Like they were beating themselves in the first half. And they came out in the second half. But you saw it a little bit towards the end of the first half. They scored a touchdown right before halftime. And then you saw a kind of a momentum shift. They forced a three and out for the Ravens on their first drive of the second half. And then things started changing in the Bills' favor. And I, I really like the Ravens. I really like Lamar. So I'm I'm even if the Ravens won. This game, they would deserved it. Like the Bills were not very good in this game. I didn't have the I didn't have the excuses of heat. I didn't have a bunch of injuries. The Bills, Isaiah McKenzie got hurt, Jameson Crowder got hurt, but I didn't have like three of the four three of the <laughs> five starters on the offensive line go out, including two of the backups. Didn't have <laughs> all the secondary out. Dane Jackson, how the hell he was back this game, I have no idea. And Great job by Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. They played amazing games. I don't know what's going on with Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver. I don't know why they're not back yet, but hopefully they're back next week. They're taking on the Steelers. Can he pick its first start, arguably? You would be surprised if it wouldn't be, right? Like, you you bench Mitch Trubisky, and then you're going to waddle him out there against the Bills next week. Maybe it happens. Hey, maybe maybe it happens. But you made the move to Kenny Pickett, and... uh, yeah, he could he he threw three interceptions today, but I feel kind of bad for I saw two of them. I don't know if I I didn't see the second one. The first one was his first play of his NFL career, and he just launched it down. Chase Claypool ran like a post route. Kenny Pickett threw it behind him, easy pick. It hit Chase Claypool in the hands, but bounced off him, easy interception. At the end of the game, it was just a hail mary. At the end of the game, and that one barely counts. That one barely counts. You're just heaving it towards the end zone to try and hope that something happens there. But the play before, a great play by Pickett and George Pickens. George Pickens made a hell of a catch across the middle of the field to set them up for that play. But, man, the Jets are 2-2. 2-2, beating the Browns and the Steelers. 
And Zach Wilson's first action, he didn't have his greatest game. He caught a touchdown, but I did like seeing Zach Wilson back out there for the Jets. I know he didn't play great today, but the Steelers' defense is are, are masters of taking the ball away. They're masters of that. Even without T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick's a freaking animal this year. All right, this year, he's always an animal. But, yeah, Zach Wilson, not his greatest performance, but it's a nice step for the Jets. Having their starting quarterback back, and Zach Wilson, I believe, will get better as the season goes on. This is his first game back. He'd played, uh, like, a series in preseason before he got hurt. So that was pre- essentially his first action of anything this year. And he's only coming off his first year in the NFL. Those preseason games are important. Especially early action in the season as well. But the Jets, 2-2. Two and two. Both comeback wins. Brees Hall seems to have grasped the starting role for the Jets. At least that's what it seems like right now. He scored the game-winning touchdown. I haven't. I started him in fantasy this week. And thankfully, I woke up before the, <laughs> the, the London game. Vikings and Saints, for those of you who are unaware, played in London today. And that game was at 8.30. Thankfully, I woke up around 7.30, 8 o'clock. And had time to change my lineup. Because they didn't report Alvin Kamara being out until this morning. So there were some poor suckers that are sitting there like, man, I had Alvin Kamara in. And then he didn't play. And the Saints were out with a lot of people. They were without a lot, a lot of people. Jameis Winston was out. Michael Thomas was out. Alvin Kamara was out. Andres Pete was out. Like, they were going a who's who of NFL journeymen playing in today's game. We had Andy Dalton, Mark Ingram, and Jarvis Landry all playing in this game today. Chris Olave, baller, probably the favorite for rookie of the year at this point, one would imagine, right? I can't really think of anybody else to be really up there at this time, point in time. I think Brees Hall, given more time as the lead back for the Jets, I think he could be up there because Robert Sala, coming from San Francisco and being a defensive-minded head coach, will love to run the football. That's just a fact. Defensive head coaches will want to run the football. They want to give their defense as much rest as possible, and you're coming from San Francisco who Kyle Shanahan, though he's an offensive guy, does like to run the football. So if Brees can get some extended playing time in the backfield for the Jets, I think he could be a real real coup. Well, we already knew he was going to be good. We already knew he was going to be good. Hell, we had him in the first round this year. Like We knew Brees Hall was going to be good at some point. I don't know when it was going to happen, but yeah, I, li- I like Brees Hall. I'm excited to see. I'm glad he scored a touchdown, his first rushing touchdown. He's gotten receiving touchdowns this season, but that's his first rushing touchdown. And hopefully this game propels him to more things as the season goes on. And I'm sorry if uh, you've heard me burp a couple times. I had wings stopped for lunch, and I would like to say that that helped the Bills to a certain extent in this game because you're eating wings at halftime, and then the second half they play really, really well. You're eating buffalo wings. Worth it. You know what? Worth it. Paid a, paid a pretty penny for DoorDash to get him over there, but you know what? It all worked out. It all worked out, and the Bills won the game. Got the lemon pepper... Got half lemon pepper, half Louisiana. Got the fries, got everything. It was delicious. And that was, I, I had Wingstop, I believe, on Friday. And that was the first time I had Wingstop since last year in the regular season game versus Kansas City Chiefs when my dad's sister and her then-boyfriend went down there. Wingstop was not very good then, but the, the past two times I got Wingstop, it was good. It was good. I'm glad I did not judge them. I did not end my relationship with Wingstop because that was good. That was good. Any other action this week around the NFL? So we had the Bills, Ravens. There's not really a lot to talk about in that game. It was a nice comeback win, time management, or clock management by the Bills. And the, the last drive of the game, setting up the game-winning field goal, was beautifully done. Um, and yeah, came away with the win. Chargers beat up on the Texans. They were beating them early, 27-7 at halftime. And then the Texans started to come back a little bit, but the Chargers ended up winning the game. Got Joey Bosa out for, what did it say, 8-10 to 10 weeks. Rashawn Slater's out for the season as well with a torn bicep. 
or ruptured bicep, whatever the hell they called it. Not great for the Chargers. This is what we talked about earlier, just getting their own way. I know injuries are an unfortunate fact in the NFL. They're going to happen regardless. But for the Chargers, it seems like it's always their best players. It just always seems like that. And then other games that we had going on, we had the Vikings beat the Saints, double doink 2.0 for the Saints. We had the Falcons beat the Browns 23-20. to And this is a game that we talked about before where wins are not a QB stat. Mariota did not have a good game. They did not have 7-19, 139, one interception. This is exactly why <laughs> wins are not a QB stat. Like, if you lose or win a game, it can be because of the quarterback, but you got to look at the full picture. You can't go, oh, they won the game, so that means the quarterback played really well. No, 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 no. The team played well enough to win, but the quarterback doesn't always play the greatest. It's not always his responsibility on winning the game. Or it wasn't on him and winning the game. It can be on the quarterback to lose the game. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks win-lose games this year. But it's not every single win and every single loss is not quarterback-based. It's a team thing. Now, you can have performances where a quarterback plays well or doesn't play well, and that can affect it. But this one, Mariota did not play good, and the Falcons still won the game. Uh, the Commanders lost to the Cowboys 25-10. And the, are the Commanders the worst team in football? Are the Washington Commanders the worst team in the NFL? Is that a thing we got to start talking about? Cooper Rush is 4-0 as a starter for Dallas. And I'm already, and even not as a Cowboys fan, I'm getting annoyed about Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott. He's a good game manager. He does the simple things well. He doesn't force the issue too often. And you beat the Commanders, which is a, a, t- a team you should probably always beat. Always should beat the Commanders. So, yeah, especially this year. The Commanders are bad. We had the Seahawks and Lions play 48-45. to what an insane game this one was. Lions scoring touchdowns at will this year. TJ Hawkins had a monster game. Jared Goff threw four touchdowns. Rashad Penny, 108, 151 yards, two touchdowns of the game. Big game. Big game. And then uh, two games that I'm sure a ton of people watched. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Colts and the Chicago Bears taking on the Bear or the Giants. Apparently, Justin Fields is fed up in his time in Chicago. He's getting pissed off at the organization, all that stuff. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. You're a young quarterback in the NFL. You have got no line. You don't have any real options at receiver. Like, Darnell Mooney's fine. I like Darnell Mooney to a certain extent. But Bears fans love Darnell Mooney. They love Darnell Mooney. You need to get Justin Fields some legit weapons on the outside to get him and off to line. Because he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. Now, I think Justin Fields should stick it out. So the Bears got a lot of cap room next season. They can afford to go out and get some big-name players for Fields. But that being said, on the same breath, they could also go out there and get another quarterback. So maybe he just wants out there before that situation takes place because Matt Eberflus and Ryan um, Poles, I think that's his name, the new GM of the Bears. I think that's his name. Could be completely wrong about that. This is what we always talk about. You've got coach and GM are married to the starting quarterback. The quarterback you draft, that's who you're married to. And the guys that drafted Justin Fields are no longer there. So the new GM and the new head coach have no previous affiliations with Justin Fields. Now, would I like to see them stick, keep him around? Yes. Would I like to see them build the team around them? Yes. But it's not it's not going well. And the Bears are 2-2. Two and two. Surprising win against the 49ers in a monsoon and then beating the Texans last week. But they're not playing very good. They're, they're not good. I The fact that they got two wins is pretty, is pretty damn impressive. 
But the Giants, without two quarterbacks, Daniel Jones got hurt, Tyra Taylor got hurt, Saquon Barkley played quarterback for a little bit, and Saquon's back. Saquon looks very bad. They're rocking the sick alternate uniform, retro uniforms from the 90s and 80s. Beautiful stuff there. And, uh, yeah, Giants came away with a win. Titans-Colts, just boring. Just not, it's just boring. Derrick Henry had a good game. Mullally Cox had two touchdowns in the game. The former VCU basketball player, two touchdowns in the game. And the Colts are also not very good. They're not fun to watch. It's crazy to think the Colts have lost to the Titans and Jaguars, tied the tight, tied the Texans, and lost, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That is insane. That's absolutely insane. And then we had the Jaguars and Eagles. Eagles win 29-21. Start off bad. Down 14-0. Jalen Hurts threw an interception, a pick six to Andre Sisco. Second-year guy from Syracuse. And it just it looked like it was, oh, man. People on Twitter, I told you guys about the Eagles. I told you they were frauds, and people were saying the same thing about the Bills. Nick Wright had to chime himself in there somehow when the Bills were down 23 at halftime. And that was, it was kind of happening with the Eagles. But then Jalen Hurts turned it on. Jalen Hurts looks like a man possessed. He didn't have his best passing performance. It just wasn't his best game in general. He did manage to get a rushing touchdown there. Miles Sanders, though, great game. Two rushing touchdowns for Miles Sanders in the game with 134 yards. And the Eagles defense forced or got five fumble recoveries. Trevor Lawrence fumbled four times in this game. Eagles defense was absolutely on one. On one today. A.J. Brown, 95 yards receiving in the game as well. Fun game. Eagles are the last and only 4-0 team. And you want to know who the other team that could have been 4-0? That is the Miami Dolphins. And they lost the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday. And I didn't really know where I was going to talk about this, but we needed to talk about it at some point. And I think just talking about the game in general, just saying the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. And that's the the health and safety of Tua Tagovailoa starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. So, if you remember last week against the Buffalo Bills, Tua got pushed by Matt Milano just before halftime, hit his head off the turf, came up wobbly. And the Dolphins, in their infinite wisdom, so Tua leaves, he exits the game. They only played a few more plays in the first half anyways for the Dolphins. Teddy comes in, does his thing for a little bit. I think they go, they punt it after Tua goes out. And the second half, Tua comes back in. And you watch what happened on Tua on that play, and you're like, oh, yeah, he hit his head off the turf. Oh, yeah, he's wobbly. Oh, his legs just gave out on him. Oh, he's got a concussion, definitely. And then you see Tua out there in the second half. And then reports are starting to come out from that game, like during that game, they're like, oh, Tua's back locked up on him. He had a quarterback sneak that went wrong and his back locked up on him. And I don't remember if we talked about the – we made fun of the back locking up thing. Because we recorded the show before Thursday Night Football last week. So we didn't know what was going on since the Bengals and Dolphins game. We talked about Tua possibly being out with a quote-unquote back injury. But there was no inclination from Tua that entire time that his back hurt. When your back hurts or when your back quote-unquote locks up, your instant reaction is to grab for your back. Or you're like tense your back. So your arms kind of go back. Your shoulders go back. You're like tensing your back. I, I suddenly, I, I try to remember times where, like, I've had a back injury and I, or I've had a tight back or something and my legs just give out on me. I've not, I could be wrong. I've never had that situation happen to me before. I've never seen my, I felt my entire body go limp and the light shut off because my back locked up on me. And people have had bigger back injuries than I have. I haven't had really any quote-unquote back injuries. I've just had back 
tightness like every single person out there has. But that wasn't a back injury. And it wasn't on the weekend, it wasn't on the injury report beforehand either. So that raised the question is like, why why are they saying this was a back injury? It's clearly not a back injury. We can watch it. We've seen injuries in the NFL before. We've seen concussions hundreds of times in the NFL, if not thousands of times, millions of times. That's a concussion. As someone that had to, I'm going to say this, it's going to sound stupid, but (laughs) retire due to concussions, I've felt it. I know what a concussion looks like. And Tua had one. There ain't no back injury. There ain't no ankle injury. And then he goes into the Bengals. We're kind of talking about, joking about. It's like, man, they're actually, they're like, oh, man, back injury? Okay, that's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with a back injury. And the NFL was going to investigate, the NFLPA was going to investigate Tua's back situation on whether or not he had a concussion or not. And then Thursday, he gets slammed to the ground and gets knocked out cold. And he gets stuck in fencing position. So for those of you who are unaware of what fencing position is, it's that situation where his hands just go up and tense. And Tua's like, fingers are all messed up. Like, he's out-out. And I hate that Amazon replayed that as many times as they did. It's like, why the hell are we replaying this? Why does anybody... And You're going to replay it one, replay it one time, and that's it. You see the severity of the injury? That's it. No more replays required. We saw what happened. You might have not seen it live. You saw it once in the replay. We didn't need to see it 500 times after that. That's bullshit. And that's stupid. Because it didn't happen. He's alive. But there could have been a chance where Tua died on that play. Dude had two concussions in the span of four days. There's no reason he should have been playing in that game at all, let alone return to the second half of the Bills game on Sunday. There's no reason that he should have played the second half. There's no reason he should have played against the Bengals on Thursday. None whatsoever. He should have sat out the second half against the Bills, and he should have sat out this game against the Bengals. And for a league that quote-unquote prioritizes player safety, what the hell was that? That's not player safety. That's, oh, Tua and the Dolphins are playing the Bills and Bengals. Oh, Tua's the best quarterback the Dolphins have. Oh, we can make the most money with Tua in the game than with Teddy Bridgewater in the game. Tua, a former fifth overall pick. Tua, a starter in the NFL. With all the hype surrounding Tua this offseason, if Tua plays, people are going to watch, especially in games with the Bengals and the Bills. And you're playing the Bengals and Bills, and you have Teddy Bridgewater, and no no disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater. I know it's going to sound like it, but I'm not intending it to sound like this. No one's going to care. In most people's minds, if they see Teddy Bridgewater waddle out there against the Bills and Bengals for the second half of the Bills game, full game against the Bengals, game's over. Bills and Bengals both won. So people are not going to be as invested as if Tua's playing in that game. And Tua didn't really have to do a whole lot in the Bills game. Like, they were on, they were barely on the field in the second half. The Bills ran 90-plus plays in that game. The, the Dolphins were not really on the field that second half. But that situation in Cincinnati should have never happened because he should have never been on the field. That was scary. That was really scary. Like, I've seen fencing position before. I remember one time when I was a kid watching Colin Sandeman get knocked out against Michigan State when Iowa went to the Orange Bowl. Colin Sandman was a wide receiver for Iowa at the time. For those of you who are unaware of who that is. I've, we've seen this before. I think there was, um, who was the receiver for the Browns? Massacoy? Got knocked out by James Harrison? 
Was that the receiver that got knocked out and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and everything? Same thing there. Like, we've seen this position before, but not concussions four days apart. And the Dolphins, this entire offseason, have been shown to be this ridiculous, stupid organization. And then now what we supposedly care about and prioritize player safety, you don't. Because then after he got concussion, his second one in four days, after he got knocked out cold, carried on a stretcher, they shoved him back in the plane. They brought him on the team plane back home. Why was he on... Like, again, you're dumb enough for playing him in the game. Why are you sitting him on the plane? He shouldn't have gone back that night. He should have stayed overnight in the hospital. He had a severe concussion, and you're going to throw him in an airplane with the pressure changes, altitude changes, all that stuff, and you're going to throw him back in a plane. The Dolphins are like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. People get hit every day. Head injuries happen all the time. This is fine. We can just do this. Like, there are people on Twitter, doctors on Twitter, that saying Tua should never play for the Miami Dolphins again. And I personally wouldn't blame if he never did. Like, this whole offseason and preseason of the Miami Dolphins has made me dislike them more than I did the entire my entire life. And I've never liked the Dolphins. They've always been one of my least favorite teams. They have to be. They play in the Bills division. They have to be one of my least favorite teams. I hate this team now. Like, I have a real hatred for this team. Like, when I, the past few years, I really haven't even thought of the Dolphins as a game. Josh Allen's beat them seven out of eight times until this year. Or whatever his record, six out of seven times or whatever. Regardless, he lost one time to the Dolphins throughout his NFL career up until last Sunday. I never thought of the Dolphins as a rivalry game until now the Dolphins are good enough and have weapons and have improved their offensive line to be a quote-unquote threat. Now, do I view them as a threat still? No, I don't. They beat the Bills last Sunday. Yes, they did that. I'm not naive to the fact that they did not beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm understanding that. But they're not better than the Bills. They better. They were better than one day when the Bills were without 60% of their starters. I'm not afraid of the Dolphins. They won one time. The Patriots beat the Bills last year, too, and you remember the last two, the, the two times after that? And supposedly now this is going to make the NFL change their concussion policy or whatever the hell they're going to do now. Bullshit just to save people from social media criticizing them all the time. They're not going to do anything. It's the NFL. The NFL is the money business. Whoever can make them the most money is going to play the game, regardless of health and safety. doesn't matter. And there's not a player out there. This is another thing. There's not a single player out there that's going to sit themselves out. Or maybe there's one or two of them, but most starters in the NFL are going to put the team before themselves. And in this type of situation, the people in charge of the organization, whether it's doctors, coaches, whatever, have to take that decision out of the player's hands. I don't care if Tua said he was fine. He wasn't fine. And I don't know what was said in the locker room at halftime for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what kind of tests they did or anything like that. But I know Tua probably said he was fine, as most players in the NFL would say they were fine. You don't want to sit out. People lose starting jobs over injuries, especially ones that can keep you out for multiple weeks like a concussion. I guarantee Tua said he was fine. And the Dolphins, from the looks of it, went, yep, okay. 
it's not his responsibility to say he's fine. If you think he's putting himself in a bad situation by keeping going out there, sit his ass out. Look at RG3 when he was in Washington. RG3 busted his knee in the playoff game against the Seahawks, and they kept putting him out there. Take his helmet away. And then RG3 tears his knee up on the last drive of the game, and then we never see the same RG3 again. RG3, the one rookie of the year, went to the playoffs, did all these amazing things. Done. Essentially. He played years after that, but he was done. Not the same player that he was. And I respect the hell for players wanting to to tough it out. Always will. Sarah, I know there's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. But when you have a head injury, take the precaution. You can hit, like, knee injuries can heal. Sometimes knee injuries, you get an injury, it can improve everything. Supposedly, when you tear your ACL and they repair it, it's going to be stronger than it ever was before. There's no remedy for a head injury. There's no fixing a head injury. You've injured it, it's going to heal, but there are going to be long-term ramifications for that. Make him sit out. You should not have trotted him out there for the second half against the Bills. You should have not brought him to the game in Cincinnati, let alone played him in it. And now we don't know how long Tua is going to be out for or how his long-term health is going to be affected by all of this. It's stupid. I hate this stupid organization. And I can't wait for the Bills to shit-stomp him in Buffalo in December. It's going to feel so much better. Like, I was already ready for this game in December. Bills-Dolphins. Already ready for it. Because I was tired of seeing everything on Twitter and all these social media teams playing like, oh, the Dolphins are now the best team in the NFL because they beat the Bills. That's the thing we were talking about a few weeks ago with the rankings. Just because you beat the best team does not automatically make you the best team. You don't just swap rankings with people just because you beat them one time. That's one time in five years. And you're not going to beat them when you play in December in Buffalo. It's not happening. I I can almost guarantee it. And now I can't wait for it even more. But the most important thing here is not just getting getting revenge on the Dolphins or whatever. The most important thing here is to his long-term health. And if he's healthy, then fine. Maybe play him. But again, I wouldn't be upset as a neutral. This isn't me like saying bad things about the Dolphins. Well, it is, but... Say, like, oh, man, if I was Tom Brady, I would never play for the Patriots or, like, that stuff. It's not, I'm not saying that. Because, of course, I wouldn't want that to happen. But they're trotting him out there when he's hurt and injured everything. He's dead. He shouldn't be there. I would be upset if Tua never played for the Dolphins again. And I hope he'd get a nice opportunity somewhere else if he feels that's the best opportunity for him. But, man, I was stupid. It was actually stupid. I mean, the people that want to blame the do- blame, like have, defend the Dolphins or whatever, you can go shove one. I don't, I don't even care. You're not defending that. There's no defending that at all. And Mike McDaniel, you're from Yale. Aren't you supposed to be smart? Aren't you supposed to be a, attuned to these types of things? I don't know. It's just stupid. It's going to be fun when they play December. But other games that are going on this weekend... Uh, we have the Cardinals and Panthers currently tied at 10. We got the Packers and the Bailey Zappi-led Patriots. Yes, the Bailey Zappi-led Patriots in Green Bay. Packers just scored. And now we've got a 10-14 game. 
And so Brian Hoyer was playing in this game. He was going to start. Mac Jones has a high angle sprain, remember? And he gets a concussion in this game. But unlike the Dolphins, this is very key here, uh, they sat him out. Yeah. And I always like the thing of, uh, oh, he's moving his extremities. He's fine. No, that just means he's alive. <laughs> he's moving. He's not dead. That's the important. It's not, oh, no, he can move, so he's healthy. No, Brian Hoyer walked to the locker room just like Tua did against the Bills. Patriots were smart and sat his ass out. Man, crazy how that works out. But Bailey Zappi's in. He's got sacked twice. He's 7 for 11, 47 yards. He's fumbled the ball. And, hey, we we made fun of this pick when it happened because I didn't think it made a lot of sense for the Patriots to draft Bailey Zappi. But, hey, he's the third rookie quarterback to play this season. So, you know what? Maybe they're smarter than I give them credit for. <laughs> we got the Raiders and Broncos. Uh, we got the Raiders leading 19-16. to 16. The Raiders are 0-3. They're not the worst team in the NFL. Again, I think that's the Commanders. I think them... And the Bears are bad. The Falcons are kind of bad as well. But the Commanders are really bad. I feel bad for the Texans sitting at 0-3-1. It's unfortunate. All of their games have been relatively close. Like, they tied 20-20. They lost the Broncos by 7, Bears by 3, and then came back against the Charge. We're down by a touchdown before the Charge scored in the fourth quarter to kind of cancel the game out. But, yeah, the Raiders aren't terrible. They've not played very good. Derek Carr has not played very well this year. Like, regardless of, we, of me making fun of him, like we have throughout time because people were calling him a Hall of Famer and people were saying that he's a top, an elite quarterback, people calling him a top-five quarterback. Yeah, he played really bad against the Chargers, and he struggled last week against the Titans. <laughs> the, the Cardinals game, I'm not going to put too much on him because he barely played. Like, the Cardinals were on the field so long in that game that the Raiders' offense had long stretches where they were just not on the field, so they got extremely cold. So I'm not going to put that loss on him, but I can put the Chargers one. He played bad against the Chargers. But yeah, Mr. Elite, Mr. Future Hall of Fame quarterback, about to be the only quarterback that's 0-4 this season. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. But Devontae Adams has had 44 yards in this game. Russell Wilson's got two touchdowns, one in completion in the game. Yeah, they're losing 16-19, to but the Broncos do have the ball and are about to cross the 50-yard line. So we'll see how that one goes, but... We got Sunday Night Football Chiefs Buccaneers. Should be a pretty fun game. Pretty exciting game there. Uh, I think the, the Bucs are favored by two. I think the Chiefs. Hmm. I think the Chiefs will bounce back. I think the Chiefs will get a dub here tonight. I could be wrong, but I just got a feeling that they're going to be motivated. They lost to the Colts. The Colts are not very good either. The Colts are pretty bad. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be going in feeling. They're going to be feeling some type of way against the Buccaneers, but. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun game. Regard. Hey, I well, you know what? I thought the Bucks Packers game was gonna be fun. It ended up fourteen to twelve. So maybe this game does suck ass. I don't know, but the Chiefs should be a lot better than what they. Both teams should be better than what they were last week. And then we got Monday Night Football Rams Niners. The Rams should win this game, given how the 49ers played last week. Because I remember they're so much better with Jimmy G than they were with Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance played it a monsoon. We're gonna judge him off that that game. That's fair. That's fair. Valid as uh, some of the internet would say. And Jimmy Garoppolo ran out of the back of the end zone, so yeah, that's that's fun. I just need Jeff Wilson to have a pretty good game. My team, my, I have four teams in fantasy football this year, all differing records. <laughs> like, we have one team that's undefeated. We have two teams that are 2-1, and one, and then one is 1-2. and two. And the team that is 1-2, and two, I, I'm ready to, like, <laughs> as Coach McKay of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the day once said, I'd be in favor of executing my team. 
How'd you feel your team executed today? I know I'd be in favor of it. <laughs> That's how <laughs> we, <laughs> well, we, we did, we're terrible at blocking, but we made up for it by not tackling. There's another case, another quote, great quotes, but man, my team in that league stinks. I knew it was going to stink at the start of the year. Like I drafted Trey Lance as my only quarterback. Cause I want, I took a punt on a quarterback. I took all second year kit, second year and rookie players pretty much. And Trey Lance breaks his leg or breaks his ankle, and it's just all going downhill. I got Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz as my quarterback. I, I'm down bad. I'm down bad. And Jamar Chase and Jalen Wall did next to nothing last week. Yeah, it just wasn't. I mean, Brees Hall scored today again, which was nice. But that team stinks. I, I'm ready to just fire that one in the sun. Like, like, I changed my name to Goblin Mode Activated because I got disrespected, jokingly, in the comment of a... In our fantasy football group chat, but I, I'm ready to just off this season <laughs> for that for that league. Other leagues I'm doing pretty good in. Again, I'm two and I'm three and oh, two and one and two and one in other leagues. And I, I kind of want my <laughs> my one through my two one of my two and one teams to be very good because it's in my um my old roommates from college, they have a neighborhood league. And I was invited to this neighborhood league last year. And I won the neighborhood league in my first year, and they told me before the season started that no one has ever won in their first year of the league apart from the first year the league existed. No one had ever won it first time ever. So I did it last year. And now I'm starting off – oh, no, I'm 3-0 and in this league. So I'm 3-0 and in two leagues, 2-1 and in another, 1-1 and in two. I forgot about that. I'm 3-0 and in this one. I'm the second highest leading scorer in the league, and I had Austin Eckler go off today. Steph Diggs didn't really do a whole lot today. But we did well. We're doing well right now. We scored 107 points this week. And we still, like, Kyler Murray's still playing. Like, Kyler Murray has not played very well today against the Carolina Panthers. He's got 11 points right now. But everybody else is balling out. We got 107 points. We're projected 102. So unless Leonard Fournette goes insane tonight, right now we're up by 15 points, and I've still got two people left to play. If Leonard Fournette goes off tonight, then I'm I'll be sad. But... I could be going into Monday at 4-0 in the neighborhood league. And the guy that also has a very good team in this league is the only other undefeated team. He is sitting right now at 44.7 points. Now, he has two people left to play, and the team he's playing has 77 points right now, and they're projected to get around 90. So I could be going into Monday as the only undefeated team in this league. I could be. I don't want to jinx. A knock on wood, of course, but man, I I feel really good. I I feel better about this team at this point than I did about the same league last year. Like my team's doing good. I don't have like like Kyler's been up and down at quarterback. I have two on my bench as the backup quarterback. I did leave some points on the bench. I had Jamal Williams go off on the bench, but okay, I I struggled to pick. I was picking between him and Damian Pierce for my starting backs. My my starting running backs are Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. And then I had Damian Pierce on my on my on my flex, but I kept Damian Pierce in. He got nineteen point nine points, so I can't be too upset. There's a two point gap there, a three point gap because Jamal Williams got twenty two point nine. But I, I would I would struggle to find people that would willingly say they'd start Jamal Williams over Aaron Jones or Austin Eckler. I'm sorry. I know Austin Eckler hasn't played his greatest this season, but I just have a hard time. Picking Jamal Williams, though he was gonna have a good game today, because the Lions love to run the football. Though he's gonna have a good game, uh, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger on it. 
I just couldn't. Oh, the, the Patriots scored. What's happened here? The Packers were just driving with the ball. The Patriots scored. Oh, my God. Paley Zappi. Oh, man. Devontae Parker. Crazy. Crazy. That would be kind of funny, though. The Patriots beat the Packers with a third-string quarterback. That would be kind of funny. That would be kind of funny. I don't really care about the Packers. I hate the Patriots. I don't really care about the Packers. I got a few friends that are Packers fans. I think it'd be kind of funny to rub it in their face a little bit that they lost to the Patriots with Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi. Maybe Bailey Zappi challenged Mac Jones for the starting job. Maybe. Maybe Tom Brady, a sixth-round draft pick, beat out a former number one overall pick. Now, this time, Bailey Zappi, fourth-round pick, going to possibly beat out the 15th overall pick? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. How am I doing my other leagues, though? I know one league I'm doing really bad in. Ugh, my William Penn League I'm not doing great in. But I'm winning. But for how long? I'm not projected. Like, Tony Pollard did jack shit today. Thanks, Tony, for that one. Point eight points. Got us the Washington Commanders. Because, thankfully, like I said before, Alvin Kamara, I woke up before the game started. So I had the time to put him on bench. Now... Which, uh, this kind of hurt, J.K. Dobbins went off against the Bills. Well, not, he didn't go off-off, but he scored two touchdowns in the red zone, so that, that kind of hurt. But he scored 18 points, I left him on my bench. But hopefully my team can hold on. The team I'm playing has five people currently playing, so I think I should be fine, because I still got Jeff Wilson left. And Jeff Wilson finna go off for about 100 points tonight, or Monday night. So, we should be fine there, knock on wood, of course. Not going to win, of course. Now, what's this league going? This is my other undefeated league. What are we doing? We're losing by two points. And I got one yet to play. Neither one of us got people in play right now. I'm projected to lose 186.2 to 187.8. This league's stupid. Quarterback scoring in this league's stupid. I don't know how this league works out, but we had some good performances today. I had Alvin Kamara in this league. I had Alvin Kamara in three leagues. I don't even know that till right now that I have in three leagues. Thankfully, we took <laughs> took care of that because Miles Sanders got 43 points this league. Again, don't know how this league scoring works. I have no idea. Don't even ask because I have no idea what to tell you in this. Like Josh Allen scored 51 points today. Do you want me to tell you what Josh Allen scored last weekend against the Dolphins? He scored 75 points. I do not know how that's a thing. What kind of scoring is this, Brady? This isn't my league. I did not create this league. But, man, the scoring is odd. And... It makes it kind of fun. You'll get a bunch of high-scoring games, but it's just weird. It's just weird. Now, this guy has got Travis Kelsey and the Niners defense left, and again, I got Jeff Wilson. But like we said before, Jeff Wilson finna go off for 100 points tomorrow night. So he should be fine, right? Knock on wood, of course. And I'm not even going to check the other league. I know I'm losing that one. Jeff Wilson can go off for 1,000 points. I still lose that game. <laughs> no, technically, I'm not losing by 100. I might as well be. But I'm not losing by 100, but it just feels like it's insurmountable at this point. I don't, Jeff Wilson could have the greatest game of his career. He scored four touchdowns or whatever, and I'd still probably lose. It'd be really funny, though. It'd be really, really funny if I came back and won that game. Because that was the league, again, that I said I was getting disrespected in. So I made it a point to bring it up, and I said, hey, I'm going to beat Tyler this week. And I, I'm not. I'm not going to beat Tyler this week. It was all tongue-in-cheek, tongue -cheek, and again, like I said before, if my team was executed, I'd be in favor of it. I'd be in favor of it. I'm starting fantasy football with Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz. I took a risk drafting Trey Lance, and I took a bigger risk by not drafting another quarterback, and then I took a bigger risk by waiting till after week one or week two, after week two, to finally get a quarterback, and it was Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz were the only two available. I tried to pick up Tua. 
Didn't work. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. We're not even going to check that. I am in fancy hockey this year, which I've never done before. And I'm honestly a little nervous about it because I don't know how. It's, I mean, it's like fancy basketball, but like where you got to check your lineup every single day. But I went young in this league too. I went really young in this league. So we'll see how this one all goes out. But hopefully, hopefully we uh, will do well in that league. Hopefully. Now, <laughs> what I also hope I can do relatively well in, now it's not going to be for right now, but hopefully come April of next year, we are accurate in our pre-draft analysis of people, okay? Now, I posted a podcast episode from on Friday, as I do, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can follow me on social media. You can get all that stuff up there. But I posted a podcast clip or podcast episode, and I got, I got a... A reply to my podcast episode. So, podcast episode that released was on September 30th. It was on Friday. And uh, from my tweet that I put out, I said, What happened on last Thursday? Will Levis number one overall pick? Question mark. Iowa quarterback. Quarterback analysis. Iowa State. You and I previews. NFL week poor preview. James Anglert, uh, username VZZXRKR52P. You know, a very famous Twitter user that's follower has 33 followers somehow that are probably all his own follow all own accounts. And he's following seven people. And he's one of those super cool people that just searches things on Twitter and just has reply to it. Like he doesn't even have a profile picture. And he said with the way let Will has played I'm gonna read this verbatim. The way Will has played this year, he might not even get drafted. Okay. Um, and he still kept it up. I, I went back the other, like yesterday to look at the tweet and I didn't see it. I was like, oh, maybe he deleted it. Maybe cause I tried to respond to this, but I wasn't feeling very good on Friday. So I, I typed out tweets to respond with it. So I was just going to go like, well, that's a take. That's a, that's interesting. Are you going to stand on those? Are you going to die on that hill? But I ended up not responding. Cause it's like, this is such a stupid take. That's right. Like I can semi understand. Semi, like very, very minuscule percent of me can understand you not liking Will Levis. I can understand to a certain extent you not think he'll get drafted in the first round. Not drafted. Do you understand how many quarterbacks get drafted? Last year, in the quote-unquote worst quarterback draft class of all time, but worse than the 2013 one, worse than 2013, apparently, we had one quarterback drafted in the first round. You want to know how many quarterbacks we got drafted this year? Let's count them together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine quarterbacks were drafted last year. You're telling me, since you don't think Will Levis is not going to get, you'd be surprised if he got drafted. There's more than nine quarterbacks better than Will Levis. What I would love to see these quarterbacks play. I would love to witness this. Because, again, I can understand some people not thinking he'd be a first-round draft pick. Do I agree with it? No. But I can understand it, like, to a certain tiny percent. But to not get drafted, unless Levis gets a leg amputated, I really don't think he's not going to get drafted. I really don't think there's a chance at this point that he falls outside the top 15, let alone not get drafted at all. Like, that is crazy. Not drafted. I just want to read that again. With the way Will has played this year, he might not even get drafted. Like, that's not even worth the time to type out a tweet. Why even send that? 
That's going to be on the internet forever until you delete it. I might just screenshot it. Just so I can have it. Like, I've, I've screenshotted some interesting takes before. Like, remember, like, when COVID first kicked off in 2020, and we were recording episodes, and we were doing Stay Woke Wednesdays? Like, remember that stuff? And we had that guy on Instagram. I don't remember. What, the account doesn't exist. At least I don't think it exists. If it does, ugh. He kept it up for a while. I don't know if it's still there. I'm not going to take the time to look for it. I'm going to go through my camera roll, though, because I screenshot it. Because it was an absolutely beautiful take. Absolutely. And I read this off every once in a while just to remind people that <laughs> there's some idiots out there. This is a 2020 Jets. 11-5 and record prediction. 11-5. and AFC's champs. This is a reminder. This is the year the Jets were in competition for the number one overall pick and ended up with two wins this year. So, 11 days, this is what the, the, the caption says. PT.insider. 15 likes at the time. It could have more. And I screenshotted this on September 20th, tw- September 2nd, 2020 at 1.15 in the afternoon. And <laughs> this is 11 days until Jets football. This year's another hit or miss. This year, this is another hit or miss team. It has been for years, but for, for a few reasons, I'm really buying this team to be the next breakout team. This past offseason, they really attacked free agency in the draft with a clear strategy. Get Darnold some solid wide receivers. Get Darnold some solid protection. They did both. They got get a locker room cancer out, albeit he was good, and now seemingly so this defense is closer than ever. They also seem to be holding themselves to a higher standard. You may see the same old Jets, but I see a new Jets, and I'm here for it. Since this tweet has gone out, the Jets won two games that year and won a whopping, I think, four last year. I could be wrong. When did the Jets go last year? Packers scored a field goal, so 17-17. Come on, go back, ESPN. Let's go back, look at the Jets' schedule. What did the Jets win last year? Since that tweet has gone out, the Jets have won. Yeah, they went 4-13. and They've won a whopping six games over the course of two years since that tweet has gone, or since that Instagram post has come out. I guess you can include this year's. So they have eight wins over the course of three years. That's impressive. That is really impressive to be that wrong about. They haven't even met the win total they projected for that season, let alone the projection at that time. Like, I screenshotted that so fast. I was like, what the hell is this? And that's kind of the same thing I had the reaction with when I saw the Levis thing. Like, to not, to think he will not be a first-rounder, I can semi-understand. Not very clearly, but I can kind of understand. You can think Levis is inconsistent as a passer, or his rushing numbers are nowhere as good as what they were last year. I understand to a certain extent you could go like, oh man, he's not very good. Okay, I can't understand if you say he's not good. But to say he's not going to get drafted. Nine quarterbacks from the worst quarterback draft class of all time, according to everybody. And you're telling me there's nine better than Levis. That's int- that is a take. That is a take. And like we said on Friday, I think there's a realistic shot that Levis gets drafted first overall. I think Levis's combination of size, athletic ability, and arm strength gives him a very clear shot at the number one spot. I'm not saying it's that way right now, but I think there's a 100% a chance that could happen. You compare him to the likes of Young and Stroud, Young's not very big. Barely 5'10", barely 5'10". People still have their their problems with short quarterbacks, smaller quarterbacks. Because he's not a very big person. Like he's not like Russell Wilson, where he's a smaller, shorter quarterback but thick, or Jalen Hurts, or people like that. He's not very big at all. 
And then C.J. Stroud's not as well good of a mover as Will Levis is. I'm not saying he can't move, but he's not as good of a mover as Levis. So I think when we're going to the draft, I think we'll have a real conversation about who's going to be the first overall pick between Stroud and Levis. That's what I think right now. And I, I'm open. That could be very, very wrong. Maybe Bryce Young balls out again because Bryce Young's been my number one quarterback in college football in the draft for since the draft ended in 2020. Since the draft ended this past one, since that last draft ended, he's been my number one quarterback. But Levis is good. Levis is very good. And Levis is getting beat up. Thankfully, and my dad, he watched Kentucky this weekend. They played. They played Ole Miss. They ended up losing, nineteen to twenty-two. My dad watched this. It was the first game he really watched Levison apart from the bowl game last year. He gets hit a lot. It's a new look off the line for Kentucky. And you can tell. You can tell. Like, not having Darian Kennard there is relatively big. You can kind of tell there is a difference in the in the team. Like, Darian Kennard was a nice player at Kentucky. Very nice player. And he just got drafted this year by the Kansas City Chiefs. Guard tackle hybrid. Very... Stout offensive lineman. Not having a guy like him in there is really big. I think they said he had three new stars in the offensive line this year. For Kentucky, I think that's what they said on the broadcast on Saturday. I could be wrong, but I think that's what they said. And Levis stands in the pocket and just delivers strikes all over the field. Like, that, we talked about the game last weekend against Northern Illinois. And they brought it up on the broadcast for ESPN on Sun- on Saturday. So, May must have read the Logan Blackman Show's blog post, which you can as well if you go to loganblackmanshow.com and go to the blog tab, or you can just make sure you're following me again on every single form of social media. You can do all that stuff. But they showed that play we talked about. Sure, the receiver was wide open, but to be able to stand in the pocket, know you're going to get hit, and deliver a strike is a lot harder than what a lot of people out there would think it is. Like, the receiver's wide open, but you got to remember there's a 230-pound dude coming and trying to drive through your chest and you're going to try and deliver a dart 15 yards down the field? Because he could be wide open. You can still miss him. Shit happens. Especially when you're getting hit or know you're getting hit. You can tense up and make a throw go, go awry. Levis didn't do that. Like I think there's a very, very realistic shot that he gets number one overall. I think Stroud is a better passer than Levis. I think Bryce Young is a better athlete. I think Bryce Young is the best athlete in this draft class. Anthony Richardson might have something to say about that, but Bryce Young, for just how electric he is with the ball in his hands, when he does choose to run, which is not very often, he's awesome. But Levis is a nice combination of those two, plus adding 20 pounds. Like, it's... He he can be the real... He's got an absolute hose for an arm. He's a bigger dude. Can run the ball well, though his rushing numbers are not what they were last year. And Kentucky cannot move the ball well. They just got Chris Rodriguez back this game. He's serving a four-game suspension. Having him back definitely will open up things. I know it's weird saying that because they just lost their first game with him back. But come April, I don't want to see people getting upset or being surprised that Levis is the first overall draft pick. I don't want that. I don't want that. We had him number three overall on our draft board when the season started. We're going to reveal our rankings on Wednesday. The new, this past weekend's rankings, and you can decide there. But the, every single quarterback this week, apart from like, two, I think it was two of them, and Hennon Hooker and Tyler Van Dyke had bye weeks, and then Anthony Richardson played today. 
So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I watched Anthony Richardson today. I totally forgot Florida played today. Because remember, they got the hurricane going down there, down in Florida, in the Gulf. So they moved Florida's game from Saturday to today. And I completely forgot about it. Like, I was sitting on the floor after the Bills game. I was playing my dog. My dad was sitting in the recliner. I was like, oh, crap, Florida played today. So I just go online and check what happened in the game. And Florida won comfortably, 52-17. Anthony Richardson, from the few things I've seen so far, i got to go back and watch the film of that game. He, We've said this before. He might have the strongest arm in this draft class. He might. And we're talking about pound for pound. I think him and Levis are very similar. Very similar quarterbacks. But you can tell with Levis that he's had that year to develop as the main quarterback for Kentucky. He wasn't the main quarterback. He was the running quarterback at Penn State, came to Kentucky, became a quarterback there. A real quote-unquote quarterback. Anthony Richardson last year was essentially the running guy. And then when Emory Jones would have an off game every once in a while, Anthony Richardson would come in late in the game. But it wasn't sustained playing time to make him an elite prospect, but you could see all the physical tools there. Now he's got, this is his season to be that, oh, I'll realize my potential and then maybe come back next year. I think there's a really, like, I'm about 50-50 with Richardson coming out versus staying. Because I think if he stays, he's almost guaranteed to be the first overall pick next year. I could be wrong, but there's, like, who else is going to be mentioned in that conversation right now? Who knows? That's like Caleb Williams will be up there. I think a lot of people like what Shadur Sanders is doing down in Jackson State. There's some good quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but if Anthony Richardson has this year as a kind of trial-by-fire year, where it's his first year as a starter, you can get all the ins and outs of being a real quarterback out of the way, and then next year you take college football by storm. I think that could be a realistic shot for Anthony Richardson. But if he could, if he plays better as the season goes on, like he played well today. But again, it's against Eastern Washington. You should have games where you play really well. Now, I said that against USF, and he didn't play very well. But against Eastern Washington, you need to have games like that. And they're playing Missouri next weekend. And though Missouri came off a really weird game against George, George had two really weird weeks. They won both games, but against Kent State, they won. They allowed Kent State to score 22 points. That feels weird. Kent State scoring 22 points on Georgia just feels wrong. But they came back and won. And then Florida's got LSU and Georgia, A&M, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Florida State. So they've got, a. apart from like Georgia, I think they can go through the rest of their schedule and win. I think they can beat Missouri, LSU, A&M, Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida State. I think they can win all those games relatively easy. I don't think they'll beat Georgia. They got too many shakiness on the, too much, I don't, I don't want to call it shake, uh, yeah, shakiness on the defensive side of the ball to be able to compete with Georgia right now. But like we said, Georgia's had two really, really weird weeks. Very strange weeks. For Georgia's standards, they're insanely weird weeks. It doesn't make any sense to me. The fact that Georgia allowed... It, it's, it just feels so wrong. Kent State scored 22 points on Georgia. Huh. <laughs> Oh my god, maybe I'm maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised by it. Maybe it was just meant to be. Maybe George is just falling apart now. George is done. They're not the same team anymore. But Georgia 39-22 to Kent State and then 26-22 to Missouri. And you saw what they did against Oregon week 1. It didn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But Georgia still moving the ball well in offense, but Florida's defense is not great. 
but maybe they maybe they can pull off a surprising upset. Like Anthony Richardson has been playing better. Like this week, he needed a game like this. He needed a game where he got some consistency in touchdowns. He's got back to back weeks of passing touchdowns. He didn't have any passing touchdowns until the Tennessee game. He had a few rushing touchdowns. He had five rushing touchdowns, but he needed to get some positivity in the pass game in regards to getting a passing touchdown. He's got four of them now. Six interceptions. Not great, but hey, all steps in the right direction. Because again, if you're just talking about physical tools, physical gifts, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, I think, are the top two guys. Just off physical tools. But Levis needed a year to develop, really? Had a full season as the Kentucky starter, and then we're now we're seeing the fruits of that labor this year? Anthony Richardson might be that this year. Time will tell, though. Time will tell. Now, while we're on the topic of elite of elite quarterbacks, uh, Iowa and Michigan played, and I did not watch a lot of this game. I did not. Again, I said I was watching. I had Kentucky and Ole Miss on. I went to the William Penn homecoming game. They beat Central Methodist 6-9, LOL. So, yeah. Nice homecoming win for William Penn. They're at 2-3 and three on the season. I think they, uh, they play Grandview next week, which I'm not expecting a lot. But you know what? They <laughs> got a good win. Got confidence going back-to-back wins. Against two teams you should beat, but got back-to-back wins. Got a new logo. They got a logo in the middle of the field now. They got an all-digital scoreboard. Got a logo on the side of the hill. Like, they've done... They've done a lot of things at the Mahaska City Stadium, Mahaska Community Stadium, or Oskaloosa Community Stadium, or something like that, whatever it's called. But I said before the game, Iowa-Michigan, that I didn't think Iowa was going to get blown out of the water. And I was right in saying that. They lost 14-27. They didn't cover, but I, Iowa's not going to get blown out like they did in the Big Ten Championship game. I wasn't sitting here going like, oh, I think Iowa can pull off the upset. I think this, I think that. No, I just thought Iowa could be competitive in this game, and they weren't until the fourth quarter. They stopped Michigan a few times on offense, like Blake Cornstall had a really good game, 133 yards. But you can't, you can only try to stop him. He's had two back-to-back insane weeks. He had over 200 yards rushing last week against Maryland. He's a baller. Michigan's a run-first offense. J.J. McCarthy didn't run the ball particularly well, but he passed He had passed with some consistency on Saturday. Then Petrus, this is probably, if we're being honest, his best game at Iowa. Probably ever. <laughs> That's how low the bar is. That's how low the bar is right now. This was his best game in Iowa. Probably ever. I'm going to go back and try to remember, try to jog my memory about which games were better. That Maryland game was fun, but I mean, Iowa's defense set them up with a short field almost every single drive. So that one's kind of hard to go, like, if you just look at the numbers, sure. Yeah, I think that game might be his best of his career. Against Michigan, and they lost by four, they lost by 13 points. <laughs> and this is so odd. This is the third straight week Iowa has either scored or allowed 27 points. That is weird. Is that not weird? Like, 27 is not a common score. I know it's possible to get 27 points, but that, that's just not a common score. And then we've seen it three weeks in a row, whether Iowa's scoring it or their opponent's scoring it. And they're going up against Illinois, who scored one touchdown more than 27 points last week against Wisconsin. Wisconsin stinks. Wisconsin stinks. And their offense is non-existent. And Illinois right now sitting at 4-1. And you look at the Iowa game next weekend, and what's the line open at? Illinois minus 3.5. It's so weird. And then Iowa, if they lose this game, is going to have two, three, two losses in a row. Going against Ohio, then going to the horseshoe, 
And then he got, well, thankfully, you got a bye week in between there. And then you go to the Big Ten West current leaders, <laughs> powerhouses Northwestern. Like, what the hell are you going to do then? Northwestern's currently sitting at one in four and is leading the Big Ten West. At least they were. Yeah, they still are. Leading the Big Ten West. That is sad. They've scored 38 points all year. Somehow Iowa has scored more points than that. I don't know how. They've only allowed 37, though, which is the second lowest, third least amount of points allowed in the Big Ten this season in regards to total points. But, man, you look at the Big Ten East, and we've known this for years now, but the Big Ten East got the fourth-rated team in the nation, the third-rated team in the nation, the tenth-rated team in the nation. And then uh, leading the Big Ten West, you got a 1-4 and four Northwestern team. And then a 2-3 and three Nebraska team. It's bad. It's really bad. When USC and UCLA rejoin the Big Ten, oh, it's going to add some legit- legitimacy to the Western division. <laughs> I don't know, like, Purdue's going to move over to the East, but, man... I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be it's going to be much needed. It's going to be much needed. Add Notre Dame as well. Kick Rutgers, the birthplace of college football, and then uh, bring in bring in Notre Dame, bring in Notre Dame after that. They just need to do that. And then sticking with the state of Iowa, Iowa State lost to Kansas on a missed field goal with about thirty seconds left, and Kansas stormed the field. And Kansas is hosting College Game Day next week. When they go up against the mighty TCU Horn Frogs, and are now 19th in the nation, we had so many teams in the top 25 last week. At least at the bottom half, of the top 25 lose last week. Like you had Baylor, A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Minnesota, Florida State, and Pitt all losing, all of them losing. And now in the top 25, as expected preseason, you look at some of the teams in the lower half of the top 25. Actually, we'll start at 14. NC State, Wake Forest, TCU, UCLA, Kansas, Kansas State, Washington, Syracuse, Mississippi State, Cincinnati, and LSU. And I, I skipped BYU. But, man, what the hell are these rankings? I can't say I'm disappointed. Cannot say I'm disappointed. But college game day is going to Lawrence, Kansas. The first time ever. And Kansas opens up at a five-point dogs at home against TCU who's coming off a monster win versus Oklahoma, where Max Duggan, Iowa's finest, Max Duggan, three touchdowns passing, two on the ground, over 400 yards of total offense against the Sooners. Man, before the season started, I said, I don't think Oklahoma's as bad as what everybody thinks they are. I think that, oh, they lost some pieces. Yeah, they lost Lincoln Riley, but they aren't going to be terrible. Nope, they're terrible. They're bad. They got blown out by TCU. And they lost to Kansas State. They lost Asia Martinez. And no offense to Max Duggan, Iowa, obviously, to ball out against them. That's not great. And I don't know if Quinn Ewers is going to play against Oklahoma next week. But Hudson Card hasn't been playing too bad. Hudson Card's been playing too bad. He threw three touchdowns, 303 passing last week against West Virginia in a 38-20 win. And Xavier Worthy, one passing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. Like, it's so crazy to think about, like, Oklahoma and Texas is going on. And college game day is going to Kansas and TCU. That is crazy, but I love it. And then we got Utah versus UCLA next week. Should be kind of fun. Top 25 matchup there. Iowa State, Kansas State, farm again. Ready for that one. A&M versus Alabama. It's going to be brutal. A&M's got no offense. Now, we'll see if Bryce Young plays. Bryce Young had a shoulder injury last week against Arkansas. So we'll see if he plays. Nick Saban said it's day-to-day, but I, I would just sit him out. It's A&M. A&M's not going to move the ball. 
They can't move the ball. Ams offense reeks. Like they're not good. They got blown out by Mississippi State last week. Like they're not very good. I no disrespect to Mississippi State. Will Rogers is balling out this year, but you don't need to play Bryce Young in this game. This is a this is a pretty easy game for uh, for Alabama. I could be up. I could be wrong. I could be very very wrong. Like A and M beat Alabama last year when no one thought they would lose. Beat them. So maybe it's a similar thing here. There's some fun games this weekend. This upcoming weekend. Tennessee LSU. That'll be fun. At 11 a.m. TCU Kansas. Arkansas Mississippi State could be pretty fun. We've got Utah UCLA. Michigan State Ohio State. Ohio State should blitz them like they did last year, but time will tell. It should kill them. What else do we got? Washington State USC. On Fox. 630 on Fox. That'll be fun. Cameron Ward. Having a nice little year. Throwing quite a bit of interceptions, but he's, he throws a very nice football. And Caleb Williams got water squirted at him this week against Arizona State. Best thing I've seen in college football this weekend. Then uh, Army-Wake Forest could be kind of fun. BYU-Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Oregon-Arizona is going to be... Uh, maybe Arizona can pull it off. Jane Delora is not a bad quarterback. They actually got a semi-decent quarterback with them. Like, they're scoring a decent amount of points. They're scoring 32 points a game. They're just allowing 31 points a game. <laughs> and then Florida State and NC State could be kind of fun. Florida State obviously coming off a loss. They lost Wake Forest on Saturday. They lost by 10. And NC State's coming off a 10-point loss against Clemson in their own right. That'll be fun, though. That'll be really, really fun. I'm excited to see how this game turns out. Jordan Travis had three passing touchdowns a game against Wake Forest last weekend. Didn't run the ball particularly well. Normally, he's used as a running quarterback. Or he can't. He's a very effective runner. I'm not saying he's just strictly used as a running quarterback. He's not. He's a really, 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 really good runner. But yeah, then going back to the state of Iowa, we got you and I beating Indiana State. Fun day. Fun day on Saturday. Had William Penn beat up on Central Methodist. We had Iowa try their hardest and had fun against Michigan. We had Iowa State lose to Kansas so we could have the eventual Kansas versus Alabama showdown in the College World Playoff. Alabama, we want Kansas, do I hear? Oh, I forgot about this. This is something stupid. Syracuse played, I think it's Wagner. I think it's Wagner. Hold on. Syracuse is in the top 25 now, which I am excited about because I like Syracuse. Garrett Schrader has been playing very, very well this year. I think they deserve it. 22nd in college football. I was trying to remember where they were ranked. But they played against Wagner this weekend. This game was bad at half. So it was 49 nothing at halftime. Apparently, apparently, the teams agreed to play 10-minute 10 10 quarters in the second half. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. And then you did that on Saturday. How is that a thing that could happen? I've never seen that before. I've never heard of that being a thing. And then now Syracuse and Wagner are just like, yeah, we agreed to 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's only 49 nothing. It's not like you're getting blasted 70 to nothing. I mean, 49 nothing's are great, but it could be worse. And you're 0 4. Like, you've lost a lot of teams. You lost a lot of games this year. You allowed Rutgers to beat you by <laughs> They allowed Rutgers to score 66 points. Do you play 10 minute quarters against Rutgers? I just think that was funny. I, I kind of forgot about that. I, I went to my camera roll to see that because I forgot about that. Do I have anything else? Do I have anything else that I really want to talk about? Not really. I think that was pretty much it. Uh, Bills should try and trade for Saquon Barkley. I think that'd be kind of fun. I've seen a lot of people talk about that. That could be kind of fun if they trade for Saquon Barkley. But yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. If you enjoyed the show, as always, 
Leave a grading on a five stars and rate it five stars if you really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah. If you didn't enjoy it, I just apologize. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to be better next time. And I sincerely hope I'm not forgetting anything. Because I, I don't want to forget anything. Because I, I feel like I've covered everything I want to talk about. But, yeah. Do I have any NFL stores? Let's see what else is going on in the NFL. Cardinals started to wake up a little bit. Kyler Murray's got two passing touchdowns now. 26-10. to 10. Packers and <laughs> Packers and Patriots are tied at 24. Bailey Zappi. Passing touchdown still. Hasn't thrown an interception, which is big. Only got the Raiders beating the Broncos, 25-16. Las Vegas just made a field goal. And then again, we got Sunday Night Football. So you guys will know what happens in Sunday Night Football. You also know what happens in the Rams-Niners game. Again, I think the Chiefs will come from, they'll bounce back and beat the Bucks. Probably not, but you know what? Preseason, I said the Bucks would beat them. But I also thought the Chiefs wouldn't lose to the Colts either, so I, don't, I have no idea. And then we've got the Rams versus the Niners. Rams should beat the Niners. I don't think that I don't think they should should have too many problems in that one. But yeah, hope you enjoyed it again. If not, I sincerely apologize. It'll probably be better next time on Wednesday. Of course, we got the Week Five quarterback prospect rankings. I think it's Week Five. Week Five quarterback prospect rankings. Hopefully, you enjoy those as well. If not, I'm sorry. We'll try to be better. We'll try to make it better next time for you. But yeah, here's to Will Levis getting drafted. I can I can confidently say that right now. Will Levis will get drafted. <laughs> Injuries could keep him out of the first round, but I highly doubt it. Knock on wood, of course, I want Will Levis to stay healthy. But he'll get drafted. And I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you're following the local Bible show on every single form of social media. Make sure you're following the Apple Podcast Spotify accounts, and I will see you all later. Peace.